Welcome to Inflection Point Moment. I'm Jeff Heyer-Jones. And I'm Rhonda Peterson. We're here today to talk tips, tricks, and resources for growth-oriented small business owners. So let's jump in. Hey, Jeff, we're live. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Happy uh, Monday. Happy Monday. Here we are again. Another another happy Monday of inflection point moments. And of course, this week, I'm excited because we are in my space. It is. It is all your space uh, again this week. And I'm, I'm loving it. Because <laughs> you've got other things going on. So you just kind of come in, roll along tell a story or two, ask me a crazy question. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's see if anybody's with us. If you are with us, we'd love to know that you are. Please say hi. Oh, Lisa's with us. Yay, Lisa. And a second week in a row, this is the, your new year must be about making sure you show up to these, right, Lisa? As as you can, because we know that sometimes you've got something else going on and you can't be with us, but, and we understand that. Because sometimes, you know, it makes it a challenge to always show up at 12.15 on Monday. But anyway, we're here. If anybody comes in and we got Jay, how you doing, Jay? Good to have you with us. Um, We are going to talk today about managing energy before you manage your time. And Suzanne is with us. I feel like, um, well, I'm going to date myself by saying this, but I feel like romper room, you know, when they used to hold, see, like Jeff is going to go, what's romper room? It was a show um, back in the day um, and it was, sorry, somebody wrote something and I can't, no, don't do that. Um, Anyway, um, and Bob is with us. Welcome, Bob. Got some new people that haven't been with us before. Romper room. A show that was for little kids when I was a kid, the person who um, was the hostess of Romper Room used to hold up a mirror and say hi to the kids that were watching the show on the other side of the television set, which, of course, obviously she was not seeing them. But, you know, when you're little, you're way little, you don't understand that. And she'd say, hi, Susie, and hi, Bobby, and hi, whoever. And anyway, so it just feels like that when we're saying hi to everybody. But we're really glad you're here with us today. And um, we're going to talk about why you think about managing your energy instead of, and Rosemary's with us. Oh my gosh. I know Rosemary from way back. Rosemary, so glad you're with us today. Um, We just got a really neat and interesting group of people with us. So we've all heard about productivity. And productivity is a really big thing. And as a matter of fact, here at the first of the year, you know, many people are talking about thinking differently about your productivity or planning your year. And and Yasmin's with us. Thank you, Yasmin. Always good to see you with us. Um, But everybody's talking about planning your year, being more productive, setting your New Year's resolutions and having all your goals and working toward them. And you got to be really productive. And it goes on and on. And then we get into the year and things don't go as planned. Invariably, things don't go as planned because this is life. 
and we're trying to manage our time and we got this really tight grip on what we need to do when and we don't get to where we need to go because the reality is there's something we need to focus on before we go into that whole productivity mode of a, B, C, and D priorities. And then under the priorities, we have the one, two, threes. Not that the Covey and Franklin Planner process doesn't work to a point, but there's something we have to do before that. And that's where managing energy comes in. So if you've been around Rhonda Peterson for any length of time, aside from the fact that, you know, she laughs a lot, and Jeff tries to make her laugh all the time. Yes. You know that she talks about ROE, which is return on energy. I talk about return on energy because if you know the work and the tests that energize you, you know where you can make the biggest impact and where it's going to be much less struggle to do the work that needs to be done in order to make your business successful. So I want to define ROE because I talk about ROE all the time, but it's a, this rather nebulous thing that, to be honest with you, is like trying to nail jello to the wall to define it. So here's my definition. Yeah. It's a recognition of the positive energy and motivation that's invested in an activity, whether that is in your business, in a relationship, or in a hobby. That. ROE happens in all area in all of your spheres of your world. It's the return you experience when you're working in tasks and activities that energize you. Your energy is renewed and increased by doing these activities. So Jeff, just as an aside, you and I doing accounting is not an ROE activity because we no. know that neither one of us is energized or gets a return by doing it. Yeah, we know it needs to be done, but that's not our area of impact. Thank God for people for whom it is the area of impact because we can hire them. Yes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Return on energy creates greater momentum, motivation, and profitability in your business when you know where you need to be focused. So what does ROE look like? Can you tell I'm on my soapbox, Jeff? I can't. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's what it looks like to be in your energizers, to be in that space of ROE. What you think is this is worthy of my investment because I get a return on this. What you feel is rewarded, joyful, motivated. You're in flow. You know, you were talking before we got on about your son being in the goal, son being in goal as the goalie on his lacrosse team and how they were winning when he was there. Not to, you know, brag about our kids or anything, but you know, it, it's a good thing when you get that experience. And I'm sure when he was in goal and being successful, he felt like he was in flow because he was doing what he's really good at and he was getting a good return on it. That's, I mean, how can you not be motivated by that? And what do you do? So we've talked about how you think, how you feel. What you do is you work with purpose. You move toward the activity with enthusiasm. 
it's not like when you and I are knowing the fact that we got to do the accounting stuff. I have to do this. I dread it. Yeah. I don't want to. So that's when we're in our drain space. We're not going to talk about that. We want to be in the spaces where we're managing our energy in a way that we are being more productive. Hey, Crunch, it's so good to see you. Thank you for this. I'm glad you appreciate this perspective. So when we think about managing energy before time, it's recognizing how we respond to the work that we're doing. We ask ourselves the question, the question, is this motivating me? And is it causing me to move forward or am I grinding it out because I know it has to be done? Now, all of us have to do things in our work that we are grinding out because we know it has to be done. But to spend all our time there will suck the life out of us. And I'm sure we've all been there before. I know I know, I have, you know, where you get into that, uh, I'll call it time management productivity. Here's my list of everything that I got to get done today. And you're just trying to check off as much as you can. And then at the end of the day, it's, oh, I'm ready yeah. for it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, and that doesn't motivate you to want to come back and sit in the chair tomorrow, does it? Yeah, especially if you've got another day of similar lists of things that just are not energizing, but things that are important that need to be done. So that's so true. There are important things we need to do. And as we grow our team, we need to be very attuned to what are those things that, number one, only I can do in the business. And that is an individual thing. Believing that you're the only person who can do sales for your organization may be true if you're a person that either is good at sales or has the ability to become good at sales. But the flip side of that is, if you're really not a people person and you're really an extreme introvert, you really need to find somebody to partner with who is good at sales. And I don't mean literally a partner in your business, even though that's one option to think about from that standpoint. I mean, finding someone else that can do the sales function for you or finding a way to do sales that doesn't require you to be constantly in front of people pitching your business. You're not going to be successful. Now, one thing that I think is a really important distinction okay. is finding what you believe that only you can do in your business, but balancing that with, I think it goes back to the managing your energy. You know, so I've, I've worked with some business owners that feel like they're the only ones that can do the accounting. They're the only ones that can do the sales. They're the, you know, the list goes on and on. But what I've noticed just hearing you talk, I think they get stuck in this cycle of not managing their energy and not willing to let go of the things just because, you know, whether that's an ego thing that, you know, I don't want to admit that I don't like this or that I don't know exactly how to do this. And I'm spending all this energy trying to research and figure out how to do something that it quite frankly would be a lot cheaper from time and managing your energy just to pay someone to take care of for you. You know, I think that there is a 
is a balance there that, you know, I think sometimes people lose, lose sight of. And that's what I love about just hearing you talk about this energy to me, then the question goes to what of all those things actually energizes you and the things that don't, even if you feel like you can't hire for that, could you hire and train or outsource and train for those things that don't energize you? Yes, that's so important. And actually, I can't remember if it's next week or the week after, but in an upcoming Inflection Point moment, we're going to talk about your definition of work, yes. what that is, where it came from, and how that's impacting you. And that's that's such a fascinating thing in and of itself, because I learned about that, and I don't want to go into the whole um, concept of it, but because we got to save that for down the road. Yeah, that's but, say, say yeah. don't steal your own thunder. Don't worry, I, I won't. But it's really amazing that, and that hooks into that whole productivity thing. You're so right, Jeff, because the messages we have in the back of our head about I have to do this and I have to do that and, and people's definition of what makes me the business owner and what do I have to be responsible for. Now, and then there's the part about what am I responsible for versus what do I have to actually do? Because as a business owner, we better know our numbers. That's a responsibility we have. We are responsible for knowing our numbers. But knowing our numbers does not mean we have to do the bookkeeping and the accounting process or do our own taxes. If that's your thing, knock yourself out. But for most business owners, it's not their thing. And hiring that out is an easy place to have the detail-oriented stuff done elsewhere. And it doesn't, I mean, the amount of time it takes you to do that, if you put a dollar equivalent on that, you're going to find out you are wasting so much of your time. And my dollar equivalent guy who's on here with me would definitely be like, Rhonda, why are you doing that? That made sense, Rhonda. <laughs> well, and I think so often we don't think in those terms. You know, even when you go to outsource something, you think what what you see as the business owner is a dollar and cents of this thing I'm letting go of or outsourcing is going to cost me X an hour, or, you know, whatever. X a month or whatever, yeah. Whatever the pricing structure is, but what we don't often think about is what is our time worth? And everyone, I don't care who you are, we all have the same 24 hours into the day. And it's how you optimize that is what's really important. You know, and I think so often people for service providers will will kind of mentally discount, oh, well, I could do that. So this seems kind of expensive to me and I'll just keep doing it. But really the question becomes, what is your time worth? And is it really worth how much time it's taking you to do whatever that activity is. Absolutely. And from that standpoint, the question to ask is not how much does this cost me? Dollars and cents wise. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously we need to know that and we need to balance it, but for the hours that this takes me and just for the record, for most of us, it takes us three times as long as it takes the professional 
to do whatever the thing is that they're doing that we need to hire them to do. So when you um, think about where do I make the biggest impact in my business? What is it that I'm doing in my business where I make the biggest impact? Where what I'm doing drives the most to the bottom line? Because I, I'm just using my own um, example. If I'm not coaching, I'm not driving dollars to the bottom line. If I'm not speaking, I'm not driving dollars to the bottom line. So all the other responsibilities of a business owner and everybody who's on here knows the number of hats that we wear as business owners, it's a very large, large stack. Having those hats go to different people for whom they are energizers as much as possible is the smartest thing we can do. So that's why when you think about managing your energy before you manage your time, you know what are the things I need to put into my calendar versus what are the things I need to delegate to other people? And what are the things that really in the whole grand scheme of things don't need to be done? Yes, 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 yes. I mean, how much stuff do we put on our list that really don't need to be done yes. at all? Absolutely. Know? So, you know, when we when we talked in the beginning about the fact that we can, um, at the, at the beginning of the year, we have all these resolutions and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And, and we know we need to improve on this, this thing. Um, maybe not, maybe the question we need to ask before that is what are the things that need to get done in my business and my life this year? And how am I going to set my priorities? Yes, it is, Bob. It's working on your business for the, rather than working in your business from the standpoint of knowing what you need to be working on and getting at, sometimes people talk about it as being up on the balcony or making and getting a high view, the 50,000 foot view of your business instead of being down on the ground level. And as a business owner, we are, we must do that. We have to do that so that we can lead effectively to keep our business not just um, in maintenance mode, but in the growth mode. And while we may not think we need to grow from the standpoint of I want to become a bigger business, I don't want to, you know, so I, as an example, I employ 10 people now. My goal is not to get to be a business of employing 200 people. That's not my goal. But the marketplace is ever changing. And if you don't believe that, think of the last three years. What and all the unanticipated things that have happened, the list yep. is long. What, where do we need to be growing to to be anticipating and responding to the market as we believe it's going to happen? If you know where you make the biggest impact and where your energizers lie, you can be in that space the majority of the time. And talk about an awesome place to be when you're hitting on all those cylinders and you're aligned to what energizes you and the, the type of work and you're letting go of the things or outsourcing or determining the things that are on the list that just don't even need to be done. 
um, and setting those aside and either outsourcing them, not doing them, whatever, mm -hmm. and fully, you know, fully focused on those things that really energize you. That is a recipe for a very, very good year. However, you're defining a good year, both so personally and professionally. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And so here's a little very sad fact that I learned um, a few years ago when I was doing a lot of presentations around return on energy for groups. And I was doing a survey as I was doing the presentations. I was asking people because we went through an exercise where we had them identify their energizers. And I was asking them what percentage of their time they were spending in their energizers. Now my, my goal, the Rhonda Peterson model of the world <laughs> is that I, I like to look at the 80, 20 rule. You're spending 80% of your time in your energizers and 20% of your time doing things that are in the eh category, not things that drag suck the life out of you, but let's face it. Everybody needs to have somebody clean the toilets in your household. Somebody has to clean the toilets. In my world, that is in the 20% space and not the 80% space. So I was doing this survey to find out with the people I was talking to. It was a rare person who was at 50%. Wow. Yeah. The majority were barely 20 and there were people who were at zero. That was the most heartbreaking thing. I heard at all in all that time of talking to people. I, I can't fathom now granted part of this is my personality and my, um, my history around the world of the word work and what it means. Again, we're talking about that in a couple of weeks, yeah. but I cannot fathom getting up and going to work day in and day out to a job where you are doing zero things that energize you. Oh my gosh. How do you keep doing that? Because willpower lasts for a while, but eventually willpower burns out. Ah, I just got nothing on that whole thing. That is, um, that, that is an interesting you know, because then you also read about how many people stay in jobs that they just are miserable at, um, you know, too. And and with your survey and with, you know, statements like that about people that just hang out just because, um, you know, life's too short <laughs> for that. That's very true. And I'm willing to bet that most of the people who are on our call with us today also have that attitude just because I know at least several of them. And the fact that they have made courageous decisions to move from where they are today to or where they were in their career to a job or a business where they know they can make an impact. I mean, I know that's your story. I know that's my story. And but that's a really courageous thing to do. So here's what I one thing I would like us to take away as business owners and people who impact other people's lives from the standpoint of whether they work for us or whether they are um, vendors for us, um, 
1099 employees, whatever role they are. When we use energy management as a planning factor, that causes us to determine the tasks that projects where we can make the biggest impact. And the other thing it does is as a leader, you are setting an example and sending the message that doing work that energizes you is valued. So all those people who were in roles where they were at 20% down to zero, if they have a, a, a person they report to, let's, whether it's a business owner or a manager, who is someone who believes that working in your energizers is important, that's going to send a message to them. It's going to empower them. And I've worked with people around this whole concept who've taken it into their business and looked at the things that were getting done and not getting done. This is a, such, such a fascinating story. So it was a medical office and they were, the, it was the, um, the office manager and the people who were working in the, the let's call it the back end okay. of the medical office. And there were one particular um, task that was never getting done. And that was calling people who owed money to the practice to remind them, uh, you still owe us money. We need a check. You need to, you need to pay us. And the person who was responsible for doing that dreaded that role. She, she really wasn't someone who enjoyed engaging with the public to begin with. And then to put her in a um, collections role, I don't see know who made that decision, but not a good choice. <laughs> yep, I could totally see that. I was just going to say, sounds like it's not a match made in heaven at all. Uh, it was a match made somewhere, but heaven was definitely not the definition. <laughs> well, when they looked at their um, group of people, their team, and who was assigned to what, and what their energizers were, what the kinds of of tasks were that they enjoyed doing, they just flipped two people's roles, not the whole role, but a couple of their responsibilities and moved someone who had a much more of a bet for engaging with the public and talking to people and, you know, developing relationships with people because collections has a relationships in the beginning. I mean, you know, if you send it to the collections agency, that's a whole different story, but let's get it before it gets there. Yeah. Well, imagine what your bottom line looks like when you got the right person actually doing the work. Radical. I bet that that practice saw an increase in the cash coming in when they made that change. Just yeah. a guess. Just a, a, a pretty logical guess. So recognizing your own return on energy and managing yours, as well as setting that as a value and a procedure and a process. Uh, Jeff, you're going to have to help me with what exactly that is. You know, is, is it a procedure, a process, a system? It, it's in that whole space. Allows you to take more to the bottom line on so many different levels. And once you know that at the top, then your productivity automatically goes up. 
because you know where you need to be focusing for your productivity. Wow. It's, it's one of those that I think society as a whole, we focused on the wrong, the wrong thing. You right? There are always kind of this time bound. That's how I've been. You know, I've got these list of things that I've got to get done and I've just got to buckle down and get through them versus really looking at what gives me energy and what type of work do I enjoy doing versus the stuff that I don't want to do. Um, you know, and, and is it the 80 or the, the 20, you know, sometimes there's stuff that's in the 20 that you just have to do. There's no one to outsource it to, or it doesn't make sense for whatever reason with where you're at right now in your business. or Yeah, that's really important. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and that's, and that's okay. But I think this is, this is stuff that a lot of business owners need to hear. And I think just employees, you know, that there are, um, there are a lot of other opportunities out in the market, even if you don't want to make that jump of working for someone else to work for yourself, you know, there are other opportunities and, and organizations that do focus on this, aligning skills to the work to get the best out of the, the team, the people, and ultimately it leads to business results. Yes, it really does. And it leads to alignment so that everybody's moving in the same direction as opposed to having everybody rowing in a different direction. It's really not productive. I'm just saying. No, because you're probably going in circles. Exactly. What's the point of that? That gets old really fast. So it's a really strong rower. They might take it to the bank or something of the river, but are you talking about me when I go canoeing? Don't, don't I, I knew I could get around to laughing. I was like, I'm just going to throw something like this out there just to see, just to see if I can get a, a laugh. Because uh, it's your job in life, isn't it, Jeff? Around to yeah. laugh, and I yeah. was successful. <laughs> yeah, that's a picture. We, we're not going to go down that road. Yeah, but you're right that if you have some, and that is really dangerous if you're in a small business or a big business for that matter. But really. It's even more dangerous in a smaller business if you have somebody who's a very strong rower and you're not, as the business owner, you don't know what your energizers are and where you need to be focused to make that big impact. And all of a sudden you got somebody taking you off here on a tangent. That's a dangerous thing. Yeah. It's a very dangerous thing. So managing energy before time. Got to know what it is that energizes you. Where's your return on energy? And where is it that you make the biggest impact by doing those things? I hope that was helpful for people and that you got some new insights and that you are able to think about this for yourself. If you go to rondapeterson.com, you can actually get a um, download that will take you through this thinking process. So that's actually my free offer and there'll be a pop-up that comes up or you can scroll down to the bottom of the first page, I think it is, and you can get that. RhondaPeterson.com. Here we are. Lisa, thanks a lot. I'm glad that was helpful. And next week we'll be back with a deeper dive into these concepts around what it is to manage your energy before time and the underpinnings of that whole process. 
Hope you all come back next week. Love to see you with us. Thanks for joining us. And we'll see you next, next Monday, same time, same channel. <laughs> That's right. Welcome to Inflection Point Moment. I'm Jeff Heyer-Jones. And I'm Rhonda Peterson. We're here today to talk tips, tricks, and resources for growth-oriented small business owners. So let's jump in.